Welcome to Two Guys, One Girl Santa, your friendly neighborhood podcast where we come together, drink some beer, and talk about all the nerdy things that we love. This will be our seventh episode of the Guy Girl Santa podcast. We are, we are now officially in the fall movie season for 2017. And uh, today we are discussing the remake or the reboot or whatever you want to call it of uh, Stephen King's horror classic It. My name is Matt Tapia, and I'm here with our two guy, one girl Santa panel. We have Cameron. Hello. Thank you. Uh, Santa. Howdy. And Nicole. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty well. It's been a kind of a busy weekend. We're on, what, week two of the NFL season, which I know matters a whole bunch to you, Nicole. Matters so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, 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 who do you got for the Super Bowl pick this year? Uh, not the Titans. Not the Titans. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with that answer. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty safe bet. Um, so today, uh, we're, we're talking about It. What? Oh, <laughs> yes. Exactly. It. Uh, so this is a little bit different uh, than previous podcasts we've done where all of us have seen the movie that we're talking about. Because first off, It is first and foremost a book. Um, we have one person who has read the book here. That would be me. I read it several years ago, um, probably around like 2003 or four when I was in high school. So High school. I'll do my best to remember it. Okay. Well, I mean, you just saw, you also just saw the, mm -hmm. the, the new one, the 2017 version with Santa. Mm -hmm. Santa has not read the book, is that correct? He says no as he shakes his head, which is, makes for great podcasting. <laughs> Uh, but did see the movie, and uh, Cameron did not see the 2017 version. Have you read the book? I've not read the book. But? I did watch the 1990 version uh, starring Tim Curry recently. Okay. And I have seen that version as well as the 2017 version, but I have not read the book. So we have a kind of a good mix of different perspectives coming in talking about uh, the It story. Um, so let's start off with just kind of focusing about the, the new one that just came out. Uh, Nicole, as a, as a reader of the book, even though it was in your high school years, which was what, like two years ago? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's say that. Let's now. say that. <laughs> uh, tell us what you thought. Um, I thought, I, first of all, I did think it was a great movie. I did enjoy it, but, uh, it felt really, really different from the book in many ways um in the in the book they kind of it's a series of like flashbacks it's not just like all the children's stories and then all the adult stories they kind of mingle them together so that was that was a big change and then um the the time period change from the 50s to the 80s made it also feel really different so i I feel like this movie's the product of the time we live in now. Right. Whereas the book was a product of when when he wrote it in the 80s. So. Right. So this iteration totally focused on the, the quote-unquote early version, mm -hmm. which in the books was, I guess, the 50s. And I don't know what kind of decade they were trying to... Uh, Didn't they say like eighty nine or something? What in the movie or the yeah. movie? yeah 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 eighty nine. I mean it's, it's, it's eighty eight through eighty nine. Okay, yeah. it's supposed to be the eighties. Yeah, well yeah because it's like the 
you know, the whole 27 years theme. So it was like in the book, it was like late 50s and then uh, as the kids and then and when they're older, it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. the 80s. So Yeah, when right. it came out. Yeah. So. so, and then Cameron just recently watched the 1990 Tim Curry version, which wasn't like that at all, right, Cameron? Uh, it sounds from, from what Nicole described, it sounds like the 1990 version was closer to the book in that, you know, you were introduced to the characters one by one as adults and then uh, <clears throat> interspersed between those introductions is uh, what happened to each one of them from their perspective as a kid. Right. Um, and uh, it's also set in the, nine, the, the present day, quote unquote, is set in late 80s slash 90 and it's flashing back to the 50s. So mm-hmm. it sounds a lot more similar to the book, uh, which you know kind of makes sense that they would update this movie. To just be, you know, aged up for current times. Yeah, I mean, I I remember seeing it when it came out the very first time on ABC, and it was in two parts. It was uh, two hours each part, and so part one was it, it. Both movies started off with the whole Georgie being killed by it in the in the the sewer drain as he's chasing his boat, and then yeah, as Cameron said. One by one, each of the lucky seven, uh, or loser seven, however they mm-hmm. refer to themselves, are, are sort of kind of introduced. Uh, I think uh, the adult Mike um, character is calling all of mm-hmm. the other six people and saying, hey, it's back. And then they have like this flashback. And so for like 15 or 20 minutes until there was a commercial break, each one of them sort of kind of recalled... Um, when I guess maybe they first saw it and you sort of kind of learn little bit by little bit how they all kind of, kind of came together as as uh, as their their group of seven and then part two was now they're all sort of coming back to Derry and it's the you know final climatic of hey you know, we, we've got to get together and we've got to, you know, take care of, of Pennywise. So, um, so one thing that I remember about it, uh, the 1990 version, it was, it was, it, the Pennywise clown was really, really scary. Uh, Tyler, my wife, uh, saw it when she was really young and she said it gave her nightmares. Santa, for the, the new version, I know you didn't see the old version, but you've seen horror movies. On a, on, a, on a horror scale, how, how do you feel like it, you know, treated you? Were you, were you scared? Were you, were, was it, what was it? Well, I, was, you? I wasn't scared. Because I do, I mean, it's like, it wasn't like, uh, I've gotten used to like jump scare movies. So like those kind of things don't really phase me that much. Uh, the guy sitting next to me was really scared <laughs> that his wife next to him had to like calm him down. But really? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe he had a deep-seated fear <laughs> yeah, of clowns. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it was with him, but, but it was like, like I've seen enough, you know, movies for like those kind of scare tactics to like not really get to me. I mean, so it, it's not like I wasn't into the movie or anything like that. Cause I mean, it's still a, a good movie. Mm-hmm. Just the, the horror part of it just wasn't, like, that scary to me. Yeah, I I, do, I I think they were trying to get a little bit of the, hey, the monster's coming behind the corner, you know, I'm getting scared and that sort of thing. Uh, that, as opposed to, like, some other horror movie that might be more, 
you know, if you think about horror movies, slashers or psychological thrillers. I mean, Nicole, you're probably the biggest horror movie person here. From a, on a on a horror level scale, I mean, was it scary for you? How does it how does it compare to some other of the more scarier movies you've seen? Um, I feel like I was I kind of like like seeing tonight. I wasn't really scared during it, but there was still kind of a feeling of general suspense, and there were enough. There were quite a bit of like funny moments in it too, which kind of broke it up but like balanced it a little bit uh, yeah um so i wasn't i don't necessarily think it's 100 percent uh this iteration at least mm-hmm. is 100 percent horror and that's fine it's still a good movie um some scenes in that in that house where the the well is some of those were i was like uh, you know i was like oh my god but holding um, on to Santa's hand mm-hmm. while the other couple next to you <coughs> was holding on to his hand yeah. as well. I didn't, yeah. so, so there were a couple a couple really good suspenseful scary parts but most of it it felt like a thriller adventure mm-hmm. uh, funny funny movie I, I, I kind of with you all I, I didn't find it to be you know uber scary from what I've seen from other horror movies uh, I think there was just and if if anything, I remember when they finally said, "Hey, we're doing redoing it, and here's what Pennywise the Clown is going to look like." It it didn't look scary. It, he actually kind of looked funny. They, the movie tried like, tried to do a lot of building tension, and then and then hit you with a, a scare. Like, yeah, like, you know, so like if you if you know it's coming, then you kind of like brace for it. And, mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I was an adult seeing this and not a kid. Because I know I know somebody who is like phobic of clowns because of the movie It. Um, but I I didn't think that the nineteen ninety version was super scary. It was more just like I was interested in seeing you know what was going on. Uh, I didn't think you know you Santa mentioned jump scares in the new one, and I've read that or heard somebody else talk about that as well. I didn't think there's like any jump scares in the nineteen ninety version. I thought like. If you were scared, it's because it was what was happening was really fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah. and the town, like they, you know, part of the point is that like the town itself is fucked up because of it, and like, you know, some of the scariest parts in the movie for me was like the, the bully. Like, what's he gonna do? Yeah, to rebound. He's like such a bad person, and you know that was like when when I was on edge watching that movie, it was more because of what the people were doing versus the evil clown, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah, a, well, go ahead. Like uh, explaining of like a jump scare for like mm-hmm. a, a movie like it where like special effects are, are, are uh, important to it. A jump scare basically something flashes on screen that isn't there before, you know? It like startles it, it you. You literally so jump in with, your seat. With like a TV movie, they probably didn't, you know, it's all like one shot type stuff and mm-hmm. you don't have time to quickly Put Cut somebody in, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of found it just unsettling. Um, yeah. And definitely the first one was very unsettling. The second one, uh, uh, mildly unsettling. But I think that's the sort of thing. It's just sort of kind of making your skin crawl. And you really hit on something that I'm, I'm kind of curious from a book perspective, Nicole, was that if I remember kind of reading everything, and, and one scene I do remember from the 1990 it when... Um, uh, beat beat Richie was coming back to Derry and he's in the library 
and uh, all of a sudden the balloons are there mm-hmm. and they start popping and everybody's got but, uh, blood on their face and he's the only one that sees it and everyone else is sort of just sort of, uh, you know, immune to it. You know, they're just sort of not seeing it. And I kind of remember that maybe being part of the book. Do, do you recall anything about like how the town of Derry reacted to everything that happened there versus how the kids' reaction were, Nicole? They do kind of, like the adults kind of forget it or other people don't really remember anything. And I had to look back, but um, the kids, when they grow up, actually don't really remember it either. They what do you mean? They just, they don't really remember exactly what's happened and they have to like... They had, like, forgotten who yeah. each one of them... They had forgotten who each other were. Mm-hmm. Like, not who they were, but, like, they forgot their other friends until Mike called, and all they remembered was that, like, what he, when he called, they knew him, they were like, you promised to come back, and they are like, yeah, I did. And it was almost like a, like a repressed... Every other part of it was, like, a repressed memory. So, like, in the 1990 movie, like, when it was flashing back to their, their experience as a kid, it was almost like... It made sense as a plot device because they were actually having like a resurfaced memory in that moment because mm-hmm. like they had suppressed it all or mm-hmm. it had suppressed the memory of it as well, you know, for them. So yeah, as they go through the flashbacks, they're them remembering everything. So I think, and they kind of think touch on that a little bit in the new one where um, they say if they're together, they're they're safer, stronger. Because they all they've all seen it in different ways and they've talked about it, so they're stronger together. Yeah. But I think if you're separate or with someone who hasn't or who doesn't believe, then it will just affect you. Right. So they're stronger together, but if they're not together, then they sort of forget. Divided they fall. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or divided they fall. Yeah. So uh, Santa, Pennywise the clown. Are, are you a, are you a clown fearful person? Not really. No. So, I, do, you, do you think Pennywise, did, did that character live up to the hype of what everyone has thought of as being the uber scary clown? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the, uh, what, what's like a, a scary clown, like, if he's meant to be scary, then, then if one, like, you, a scary clown to me is like taking Ronald McDonald and making him scary. That. You know, because Ronald McDonald is such a well-known, iconic figure and nice, and then making him scary-looking, that that's scary, you know. Yeah. Like, but a, like a like a clown like Pennywise, I mean, it's like it, it, he wasn't that scary to me. Well, you know? the, the scarier moments weren't necessarily when he was being a clown. I think mm-hmm. it was when he like morphed into something more awful than a clown. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, I I feel like those were the the moments where it's. You, you think everything's kind of normal and then you realize, oh, that old lady or that strange man mm-hmm. isn't really who you it's think they are. Pennywise. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, you know, Pennywise, it, whomever. Um, but but I also feel like, Cameron, that the, the 1990 it was a little bit of that Ronald McDonald-ness to it. Like, there was a lot of humor when it came to Pennywise in the 1990 film. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where... Up until he does something monsterish, it's like he's parodying a clown. Like it's like it's like almost satire. Yeah. And then, um, and I feel like one of the things that makes that character so strong is like Tim Curry is really being awesome 
in that role and it, he's doing like convincing clowning you know and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden boom he has fangs or something like that right um i also think one of the reasons why probably in 1990 when that came out why people were kind of gripped by it is because uh like when did john wayne gacy's serial killer stuff become I like, want to no say no it was kind of like the mid '80s, because like he was a clown, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and like I think that's what maybe put because Tim, not Tim, uh, Stephen King uh, wrote uh, the book, or it was published at least in '86, yeah. And so like, I think because of Gacy, the idea that like a clown was not just an innocent thing for children, it, like the whole concept of a clown got completely turned on its head for that reason. Mm. Okay, so we were way off. That, uh, John Wayne Gacy was 72, 78. Okay, well, 78, you know, you and that's when he was doing his thing, so when did he go to trial? Like, I'm, I see yeah. shortly after Early, like, late 70s, yeah. early 80s he, he is he pretty much... apprehended in 78, mm-hmm. and uh, he was executed in 1994, so I think well, yeah. he was still alive. Mm-hmm. And they say he... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, so he was still alive when this, mm-hmm. when the book and I think the the first iteration of the movie came out. So. Yeah, he murdered at least thirty three teenage boys. Yeah, which is a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> thirty three more people than I've murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and and it definitely has killed um, a lot of people. Yeah. And one thing I think they talked about in in both films and definitely the book was. This was not just a, you know, happenstance event. This is like a periodical, cyclical mm-hmm. wave of, like, you know, murder and death that happens in the town of Derry. Yeah. And um, then they forget, like, before the thing in the 50s, in, like, the 20s or whatever, 27 years prior to that was, like, a big te- industrial plant exploded. Mm-hmm. And then before that, like, a whole wave of, like, settlers to the area just like disappeared in mass yeah and like uh michael like in the child i don't know about in the new movie but in the 1990 movie the child michael's doing a book report about these things and the teacher's like weird that you looked up all this this. arcane information it's like any any normal town if they had those things happen the people it would be part of the town cult like history and story people would know about it and she's like huh weird you know yeah no boy that's a really good point because I mean yeah I mean Terry's not Derry's not that big of a town it seems yeah. like so you would think that and and it happens what every twenty seven years yeah so you wouldn't think that you know you know a, you know an average living male around that time would. You remember, know, remember at least twice, ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point about like hundred people died in an off. industrial accident in Nashville, a city of five hundred some thousand people. People would remember it. Oh, know? totally. They would totally remember <laughs> it. So, um, so, so, what are some other sort of differences from from the books that that you sort of remember, Nicole? Um. The so when we, when we first yeah, well, we'll get to we, that later. Yeah, well, that was, that was when we first saw it. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about it now. I remember thinking, "Wow, I'm so glad they didn't include that that weird sex scene." Yeah, so I read a Wikipedia synopsis of the of the movie after I what or of the book after I finished the movie because I wanted to understand more because everybody told me that it is an alien and they don't really fully flesh that out in the movie. They just say he's a bad force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the... yeah, and in the plot synopsis, they mention 
so it's it's six guys and one girl, and they mentioned that she at one point has sex with all of them to reinforce unity within the group. But I was like, what the fuck? Aren't these kids supposed to be like 13? They're 13. Yeah, or 11 maybe. Even 13. Younger. Oh, 13? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Please elaborate. To, <laughs> I, think they're, I think they're in the sewers and lost, and like Beverly brings them back together by having sex with each one, which is... I Clearly like, a Stephen King fantasy or something. Well, uh, I would I say that. I don't think he was thinking about it. The 80s were a different time. I guess so. I don't think he was thinking about how inappropriate it was. He was just kind of thinking about it from like a, a like a litter, not like a like a literary point of view, right? Like it's just a, a device. He wanted them to physically be closer together and thought for some... Maybe this was when he was taking a lot of drugs. I don't know. It's just sex. I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, were they all standing in a row or what? Like, I don't. I don't know. If we didn't want to go into the right. details of it, but I don't think it was made to be like this big orgy, correct? Yeah. I mean, it was sort of just like, hey, it was almost like mechanical. I think. Hmm. That's the way it was sort of kind of portrayed. But I think there was other sex parts. Do you, do you remember any other ones? Is Senna it... or. As adults, I, I, they they have like two of them. I think Beverly ends up with someone. I think Beverly ends up with, up with uh, Ben, the kid who is fat. Yeah, yeah. Ben. And, he and also off with Bill, and then yeah. yeah. And also in in the new one, I felt like they made Ben be the more of the hey, I found out this historically versus Mike being the mm. one. I think there was also well, there was a little bit of a homophobia a little bit in there as well. I, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. And it's been a while there, for you, Nicole. So. There's, a, there's a lot in that book. It's like, well, I think it's 1,100 pages. Yeah, these books are so long. But, like, I feel like the bully played a much bigger part yes. in the in the book. They didn't spend a lot of time in Henry, Henry Bowers, and well, I don't know why they didn't in this movie. I think, I think he was the one that got blamed for everything, right? Like, right, and, yeah. And, and that's the way it was yeah, in the 1990 so, blame He got blamed for all the child murders. That's how, that's how they kind of explain everything. Like, every 27 years, it's like a totally believable something or other happens. And not like a weird clown from an asteroid that hit but hit. it found like somebody to, <laughs> to take bl- the blame yeah, to, to take the blame right so i re- there's like i thought the bully was much scarier so in the book back, it was much scarier in the 1991 cameron would you say henry Bowers was pretty scary yeah well and it, it's, it's one of those things at first i feel like in a lot of 80s movies the bully character is so over the top versus like what a normal bully is like I was bullied in school. None of the bullies had knives or threatened to, like, kill me. You or know? actually, like, cut into you. Yeah, or actually <laughs> attempted to kill me, you know? Like, right. Uh, but in this case, it actually made sense because he's not just a bully. He's, like, actually, like, messed up in the head and, like, that's why it, like, gravitates towards him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he was, it was, it was, like, pretty disturbing, yeah. Well, Santa, what was your takeaway of the Henry Bowers character? He was, you know, he was, like... He was an asshole, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, the only thing I didn't really get was the all the all the adults and like how they acted, and then so like whenever Henry kills his dad, and I was like, okay, all his dad did was bully him for whatever his whole life, and that's why Henry bullied everybody else, and then yeah, yeah. I was gonna say about uh, Ben, how in in the in the new movie, you know, he gets carved, and then later he gets sliced, and he's just like, you know. Walks it off. 
Yeah. yeah. If I was well, a 13-year-old kid, I'd be losing it. <laughs> I also felt they, they, they kind of made him a little bit more of this, like, tragic figure, too. Because he's a new um, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I also remember the rock fight scene in the 1990 version being, like, yeah. super intense. And it was, it, it was also spread out from a greater distance. And this seemed like just the weakest... It was weakest. almost funny, like... Yeah. Because they had, like, dramatic, like... 80s music playing. There's some slow-mo shots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I can say, having just watched the 1990 version, that it was not intense. (laughs) It was, it didn't even make sense. Like, I mean, they're throwing rocks, but if, if, if I'm a bully wearing a leather jacket carrying a switchblade and somebody throws a rock at me, like, hey, I'm not just going to stand there and like, like watch the rock hit me in the face and be like, I mean, getting, getting a rock, like a baseball sized rock thrown at you hurts, hurts, but it's not gonna like like I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. Well, I mean, in, in, in like the uh, in the in the new movie, there's uh, the rock fight happens, and then like four days later, like his head is still bleeding, mm-hmm. or, or like uh, at the end when uh, one of the characters he he's been bitten by by the painting, and then like like a month later, he's still wrapped in, in bandages. <laughs> like they, yeah. they have no concept of time in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Character-wise, of the of the the loser seven, uh, Nicole, what were your least favorites or most favorites of, of, of the seven that you remember from the movies? Um, I thought first I thought all the the child actors they got were amazing and did a really good job. Made it made me really care about most of them. Um, so for the most part, I actually think they they were all really strong and did well. Um, I don't really. I kind of wanted to punch Bill. Really? Why? His face. <laughs> she, she, she didn't like his haircut. I didn't, she didn't like, like his haircut. I didn't like his haircut. I don't um, think they 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 did a very good job of making eighties. It didn't feel eighties when I watched it. It felt weird, weirdly kind of like eighties setting with like fifties terminology, right? Well, like the when the the uh, Phil with his some of his like. Talk and stuff. I mean, it's like I'm trying to think of like, did I talk like that when I was that age in the '90s or '80s? You know, and I'm like, I mean, I guess yeah, maybe sleeping with your mom type stuff. But like, we didn't really like go that far or like, like constantly. You know, like it wasn't like he was like pre-bro talk. Okay. (laughs) Well, I think you're talking about Richie. 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 Yeah. 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 I, I think Richie was really good. I thought Eddie was really good. Um. I, I kind of agree that they didn't do as good a job of, for Bill as they possibly could have, and yeah. he's supposed to be the main the main guy. He didn't feel like the main character to me. That felt like Ben. Did I he guess. have a long ponytail in this version of the movie? Bill. And or? in the nineties, when it was Jonathan Brandis, right? And you're was, talking about the adult version. Which we haven't seen. Oh, 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 oh okay. They, okay. I we can dreamcast the adult version. I got all my picks laid out. <laughs> okay. Well, let let let's uh, let let let's do that. So. One thing I did say was, so I actually didn't know that they weren't doing the adults intertwined mm-hmm. with it. And I should have guessed it because, I mean, they never showed any of the adults in the trailers. Um, but they, they were talking about the dreamcasting of it. I feel like they almost kind of held back a little bit because they knew they were going to do a part two with the adults. So from... Those of us that had seen the new movie, Nicole apparently has a list ready and waiting. So who do you want to see in the 
adult version of let's just limit it, I guess, to the, the loser seven, unless you've got a really good Henry Bowers. I got, I got a Henry Bowers. Uh, Thought he died. No. Well, maybe we'll see. Uh, he plays a big part in the adult version. For for that one, I saw another list that listed Shia LaBeouf, and I thought that was. That's oh, yeah. really good choice. Yeah. If you want to hate somebody, you hate Shia LaBeouf. And he's pretty good at acting crazy. Doesn't he like break out of an asylum or he's something? He's good at just being so. crazy in real life, too. Yeah, I was like to say, I don't think he really has to act. I think but I mean, that could actually be good for him. I mean, it would be a different role. It would be a role where he gets to play a dark character. Mm-hmm. He's done that in some movies. Oh, has he? Yeah, just not any that you've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. That's some shade from Santa yeah. over there. I haven't seen him either. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not hipster enough to see all the Shia LaBeouf hey, movies. Who do, you, who do you have for the adult Bev? The adult Bev. Uh, Santa and I suggested Jessica Chastain, who I thought was pretty oh, that's good. good idea. Oh, that's I started good. thinking a little more, and this is a little controversial, but maybe Robin Wright. Mm. Is she too old? But no. it depends on how old everybody else is. I mean, they're supposed to be forty. Yeah, think, Robin Wright's. Probably pushing sixty. Now. You can make them look younger, but she—I mean, don't know. She's a she's a solid actress. I was also thinking like Amy Adams. Um, I, I just like, I just kind of want somebody strong looking and you know with like you, a you, like you can almost do like a like an Emma Watson, but she might be like too Emma. She's, she's too, too young. young. Yeah, I when when also I don't think Emma Watson's a good actress. <laughs> I like oh. Jessica Chastain over Amy Adams just because maybe maybe it's because of the way the actress in the nineteen ninety version looked. Mm. I, I when you initially said Jessica Chastain, I was kinda like, eh, I don't really know. I don't you don't you know, know who she was. <laughs> well, you know, I, I remember she was in the you know, Hunt did, for Bin Laden movie. And... She did American Horror Story, too. So. Oh, she did? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But but I was trying to think about some other, you know, quote-unquote red hair actress. I mean, they could always dye the hair. But, I, you know, somebody like, you know, Emma Watson or... or J-Law? Yeah, or... They're Lindsay all too Lohan. young. I, well, I also feel like they have a little bit too much humor to them. It's gotta be, and there's not a lot of humor to the Marsh character, right? Yeah. I mean, like, she's been like her, abused by her father. She she gets in an abusive marriage too, yeah. and she has to escape it. So, so you can't just dye them their hair red. They have to be like actual gingers. I feel like Jessica Chastain has like a more earnest look to her than Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Like she she she's like more. Not in her acting, because Amy Adams has been in a lot of really good movies, too, but there's something more serious about Jessica so, Chastain's... in the 1990 version, they made the young Beverly Marsh, I feel, kind of too weak. And I think that's one thing that they did better in the 2017 version, is they made her... She was more badass of, of them all, really? easily. And yeah. the Annette O'Toole, who did older Beverly Marsh in the, mm-hmm. or the 1990 version, she definitely was a lot more kind of badass. Vulnerable, but like... Tough. And well, yeah, serious. I mean, she cracks her husband in the head, you know, when he slaps her, and it's like, if you ever come near me, I'll get off, kill you. Yeah, and I've done it before. Yeah. I can't but. see Emma Watson doing that. What about yeah. uh, Richie? Who do you got for the Richie. adult Richie? Okay, so this might be controversial. Okay. But Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that'd be good. Why Adam Driver? Because I don't find Richie's the most humorous guy. In he the was bunch. in Girls. He's pretty funny. Like was he? Yeah, he's in Girls. Well, I know he's That's in Girls. Was he funny in Girls? 
I mean, it, it, he it, has that kind of like dry, it, sarcastic. He, he did. Uh, if he's got good lines, you know, then he can he can he convey did, him. He and, did Kylo Ren, undercover boss on SNL. Yeah, so he can <laughs> he can be kind of that dry, sarcastic. What do you think about them casting Seth Green as the adult Richie now? Oh, because he was the, he was the young Richie. Richie. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually good at acting. I'd be okay with Seth Green Seth being Green. Eddie in the next one. Yeah, he, Eddie, could be, he could be a convincing adult Eddie Spaghetti. Too. Eddie, the, the hypochondriac? Yeah. yeah. I'd put Jake Gyllenhaal for Eddie. <laughs> That's actually, I like yeah. that. I, I think like Jake Gyllenhaal is a good character. Yeah, that works. He's got the, the right look, and mm-hmm. uh, he's the good actor, so that's why. That's why I did that. What about Bill? Bill is good. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, I like that's that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. I think uh, I think they need to try to make Bill kind of a leading man, right? And that's... I yes, they they do, and I don't feel like they chose the right person for Bill in the new version. Is it an actor that I would know? The kid who who played the child version of Bill? No, okay. uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, Jonathan Brandis. No, in no. The, the, the new one. The new one. Oh yeah, the yeah. guy. I don't know. Yeah. No, in, in the old one, they definitely knocked it out of the park with having Jonathan Brandis yeah. as being Bill. He was. He was perfect, Bill. It, this is getting a little off topic from the dream list, but I was struck by how much better the child actors were in the 90, 1990 version than the adult actors. Really? Oh, I mean, like, Jonathan Brandis can definitely act, and, like, I, I thought all those kids were very convincing, and then some of the lines of their adult versions just, like, went over, like, lead balloons. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't like the John Boy from the Waltons doing the adult He wasn't terrible, although he wasn't great. But um, John Ritter, not known for his dramatic acting. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they definitely casted him. He off. was great in Problem Child. But. <laughs> I thought they did a great job though, carrying uh, <laughs> making Harry Anderson the adult Richie. I thought that was really good. Yeah. So the judge. Yeah, that guy was so such a big deal in the eighties. Oh, like, he was he, huge. Yeah, I mean, Night Court was, and was he also really had, popular. He also had cameos on Cheers and uh, yeah. Several other like pretty big movies. Yeah, he's a stand-up comedian. He yeah. brings up, he brings magic to his act, and yeah, I th- I thought that was good. Who did you have for for Ben and your adult Dreamcast? For Ben, oh, I have two. Um, I have a serious and then like a, a fun choice. Okay. So Ben kind of grows up and is like a handsome architect. Yeah. So seriously, uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Ooh, that would be, yeah. Ooh, I like that. But, good choice. but just for fun. Nick Jonas. <laughs> wow, you really are dream casting this, yeah. aren't you? Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas is kind of short, but yeah, I think yeah. He, yeah. It would just be like the most dramatic. If they cast possible. Nick Jonas, they can't also cast Adam Driver because then they won't be able to get him on the same shot. <laughs> but Chris Pratt would be good because he's like, uh, like it's, it was like in Stand by Me, the, the fat kid goes up to be Crystal Donalds. I'm not Crystal Donald. Uh, the guy from Sliders. Oh, uh, oh, oh. J- Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, yeah. Yes, that's, yeah, yes, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, yes. yeah. I always mix up sliders and that other one. Quantum Leap. Yeah. Yeah, they're similar. Sam, did you have any Dreamcast people? Or? I only had the, the one, Jessica Chastain. And, oh, and then, like, Jesse Eisenberg. Like, he could play any one of those kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know. He'd be uh, a good Eddie. Eddie, mm-hmm. yeah. Eddie, yeah. Do we even want to bother casting Stan? Or do you, Stan, you I'd put out? James McAvoy. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what about Michael? Uh, so a lot of people listed Idris Elba, but I don't think that's right at all. So I put no. the Donald Glover. Yes, Donald I thought Glover that was a good choice. Idris Elba's yeah. like too bad. He's too old and 
I don't know, not right. So I don't really care to worry about casting Stan because I don't think they cared about casting Stan in the old version either. And mainly he because did, I mean, he basically alerts. wasn't in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and Stan dies. So. Even in new one, he's not like he's a, he's a Jewish kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slash Boy Scout. Which one of those? Yes. No, that's a spoiler for the next one. Oh. No, 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 go ahead. I mean, we're spoilerful. One yeah. of them like commits suicide. Stan. Stan. Stan does. Okay. Yeah. You you get someone really big name and just one moment. That would be. I mean, that would be an interesting role if that person has like a tight schedule. But you know. Um, but, so who's the guy? Uh, he's a comedian, and I can't think of his name. But he plays the voice of uh, Mr. Peanut Butter on. Uh, Bojack Horseman. If if anybody watches that show, I've heard good he's things com- about it, but I haven't. He's a comedian, it. and he he now looks so much like the actor that played Adult Stan in 1990, and they even sound similar. Uh, he's a he's a stand up comic. Uh, he doesn't do much acting, uh, although he does clearly some voice acting. But I think it would be funny. Just I I would cast him as Stan just because he looks so much like the 1990 actor. Well, we'll look, look look that up, and yeah, while you're looking at uh, the Bojack Horse, Horseman uh, character, uh, let's switch. We didn't do this last time. Sorry, I forgot to mention it because I think we actually had some trivia questions, but um, we'll do our trivia time questions. Does anybody else have any? Because I've got one. Okay. So we, we talked about how many pages. I mean, uh, it's a pretty large book. I actually, my mom... Uh, she wasn't a Stephen King reader, but she she had the It hardcover uh, uh, book. And I remember it distinctly because of the jacket uh, of the book. It was uh, the sewer drain and the boat and the kind of like three-fingered alien claw come out of it. And it was just, I was just blown away by just how huge the book was. Mm-hmm. And I saw the 1990 version, I was like, oh yeah, I love this so much, I'll read the book. And then I realized, I can't read this book. This is ridiculous. It's 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 long. All these books are just like, epically long. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how people who are fans of Stephen King novels get through them. So like, Well, there's some books that are really readable, but this one was sort of just everywhere. Like, I mean, do you remember kind of, reading it? I remember it took me a while. But every now and then I'll just really get into one like that. Like I think eleven twenty two sixty three took me like two months to read or something. That's mm-hmm. another. That was yeah. shorter though. So like like some of his like bigger movies are based off of some of his short stories. Some of his bigger mm-hmm. like uh, like the bigger books yeah. would usually end up being miniseries like The Stand. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Either, yeah. He either like goes big or does like a short story. So I'm gonna <laughs> list out. Four Stephen King books, and I need you to rank them uh, from the least number of pages to the most number of pages. Okay. All right. So you might want to jot this down. Okay. That's a that's uh, a trivia time reference. Yes. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna choose it. Um, that's one. Um, Under the Dome, which is actually a TV series. TV series uh, out there. Is it? Uh, is it still I think going it eventually. So Under the Dome, uh, Needful Things, and The Stand. So rank them from the least number of pages to the most number of pages. Who wants to take a stab? I think Needful Things is the least. Yeah. And then Under the Dome, and then It, and then The Stand. I 
Boy, you knocked it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. Wow. You got it. Yeah. You worked in a bookstore. I worked in a bookstore. <laughs> and Santa's job was to count all the pages. Yeah. Watch. Most people would organize it, you know, by first subject and then, you know, alphabetically, but Santa chose to rank them by the number of pages and he knew that answer. So well done. By well the done. way, just to circle back to that actor, Paul F. Tompkins is, uh, here's what he looks that like. That sounds really. Okay, interesting. He's been in a lot of random. He stuff. does look like Stan, though. Yeah, he looks he looks crazily like the actor who played He's Stan dead. in the, yeah. the nineteen ninety version. Yeah, and yeah. it sounds like him too. And um, so that that would be an interesting cast choice. So we're gonna do something a little bit different today. Um, uh We uh, we because it was such an odd situation from us seeing certain books or seeing certain versions of the movies, and some of us read the book, and some of us, or most of us, said not. Uh, earlier, Cameron and I were talking about just how many great Stephen King adaptations have been made. And also not-so-great adaptations. Oh, certainly. But the point is, is he is a, such a prolific author, and his stuff is just clearly built to be turned into movies, because mm-hmm. people can't stop doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a Stephen King bracket challenge. And this is mostly, you know, focusing on the movies. But if you wanted to, you can bring your own flavor if you happen to write the book. I've read a couple of these books. And we're going to sort of kind of work our way through. We're going to pick 16. I picked mostly the more popular ones. I threw in a couple other ones selfishly just because either I remember seeing them as a kid and was surprised to know they were a Stephen King uh, book or novel, um, or they're just known to be very popular. So we're going we're gonna to go through them all. We're going to each take a vote. There's four of us, so there's a chance that we could tie it up. And if we tied it up, then... Fight to the death. Tiebreaker Tyler. We're going to do a tiebreaker Tyler. Okay. And Tyler's at the ready, hopefully, and uh, she's going to help break the, the tie. If she doesn't know which one's better because she hasn't seen each one, we'll never know. We'll just have her, you know, flip a coin or, or whatever it is. So, uh, so are, are you all ready? Cameron, are you ready? I was born. Santa? Prepared. I'm ready for it. Because Santa loves bracket <laughs> challenges. Are you ready for it? As we found out on Friday. So, uh, so this is our first matchup in the Stephen King Bracket Challenge. Is this the Southeastern Conference? Sure, we'll call it the Southeastern <laughs> Conference. I like that. So, in the Southeast, uh, and I guess this is uh, a one seed, The Shining. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where an evil and spiritual presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horror. Horrific forebodings from the past to the future. Uh, it was Jack Nicholson. Great, great movie. And for the force, well, yeah, this will be the four seed and the Southeast Conference. Children of the Corn. A young couple is trapped in a remote town where a dangerous religious cult of children believe everyone over the age of 18 must be killed. Um, this was actually starred Linda Hamilton from the Terminator movies. Oh. That's cool. So, Santa, your vote. The Shining versus the Children of the Corn. Uh, Shining, obviously. Shine? Why is that an obvious choice for you? With, how many Children of the Corns did they make? Like seven? 30 or 40. Yeah. Too uh, many? <laughs> yeah, a bunch. Uh, they, so, Shining just had 
the better story, better actors. Uh, I usually have a thing against kid actors. I don't, I don't like kids. Uh, and, you know, just... Actually, yeah, I haven't... I've seen two of the Chosen of Corns. I don't think I've seen the first one, so I don't know. Probably mm-hmm. shouldn't even, like, vote on this. But sure. The Shining, I mean, yeah, that's... Nicole, do you like kids, or are you just going to pick Shining? I have not seen either of these movies, but I have read The Shining, and I do really like the book The Shining, so I will go with The Shining. Okay. So I, too, will go to The Shining. Uh, I actually got to go to the Stanley, uh, which is in Estes Park, Colorado, and that's where Stephen King stayed and got the inspiration for The Shining. Uh, you can actually go through a hedge maze, a little, mm. a little small one, in Estes Park and check it out. And Really, really cool hotel. Really, really awesome movie. Just on so many levels, we could have a whole podcast just talking about that. It's three, three to yours, Cameron. Yeah. Do you, do you want to pick one or do you um, want to call it a sweet? So I would, I will vote for The Shining just because I mean it was directed by Stanley Kubrick. He's like one of the greatest directors. But since since it seems kind of obvious that you know going up against The Shining, The Shining will win. In defense of Children of the Corn, I will just say it is a very uh, compelling premise. I think it, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of. Did you all have to read the book The Lottery? in school yeah um and it's like the same idea where like we have this you know conception of like a bucolic farming you know tranquility of farming life and you know beneath the surface actually there's this like really terrible crazy thing happening and so from a premise standpoint uh i just think children of the corn is a very interesting concept so since we're, since we're clearly not going to advance it, I feel like it's worth mentioning some of its merits. <laughs> I think the Children of Corps appreciate you for yeah. giving it a hat tip. Maybe so. they'll spare me. <laughs> the Shining advances. All right, so we're going to move over to the 3-2 matchup in the Southeast. Uh, we're going to start with the two-seed, Stand By Me. After the death of a friend, a writer recounts a boyhood journey to find the body of a missing boy. And that is matched up against Cujo, a friendly St. Bernard contracts rabies and conducts a reign of terror on a small American town. Uh, Cameron, you want to take a swing at this? Well, I have to admit that I haven't seen either of them. Um, Do you want to pass or or do you want to take a guess? um, Totally up to you. You can just randomly pick it based say, off of I'll what pick, you know I'll about I'll pick history. Stand By Me based on the fact that Stand By Me is, is mentioned a lot by people in my age group as, as far as a movie that influenced them. It's on my list of movies that I would like to see uh, at some point. Cujo, I think, is like... It, I think it deserves props as far as Stephen King movies go because that premise is not supernatural. That could just happen. And so I understand why that's a really scary thing. But... Um, mm. At the end of the day, it's just, a, you know, in, in real life, they would have just shot the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but Stand By Me yeah. also is kind of not supernatural, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was a good matchup as far as a believable story. Mm-hmm. Santa, we already know you're a Jerry Connell fan, but let's hear what you say. Oh, it's, I mean, Stand By Me, obviously, it's a good coming-of-age story, and, and, you know, bonding, you know, kids in that age stuff. And it, and it also had a really good cast. I mean, yeah. Corey Will Feldman, Wheaton Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton, River, River Phoenix, Phoenix uh, and, uh, Kiefer Keith Sutherland. Sutherland. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty... That's a pretty stellar lineup. <laughs> but Jerry O'Connell actually was really good in that. Yeah, he was I really mean, good in that. that yeah. don't, let's not take any way, anything away from... No uh, hate for Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, the fat kid who grew up to be a handsome guy, uh, like Ben from It. And just dating Re- Rebecca Romain. So maybe Dude, is good he? For him. Wow. Well, I know after Rebecca left John... Stainless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you and John are on a first name basis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she went with Johnny Boy, uh, Jerry O'Connell. So I don't, I don't know if they're still just, together. It's been like several years. She just so. couldn't get 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 behind John Stamos's yogurt empire. <laughs> we got yeah. some, some hot celebrity gossip from from Santana over here. Wow. That was like ten years ago. Somebody's <laughs> reading up in there on the People magazine. Yeah. Uh, Nicole. I think all dogs should be good dogs, so I'm gonna go with Stand by Me. Well said, well said. I also will go to Stand By Me, so we also have consensus. And Stand By Me advances to the next round in the Southeast. All right, so we're going to go, let's, let's call this the, uh, I guess, the Northeast bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're going to start off with, all right, I'm going to go to the 2-3 seed. I'll, I'll come back to the 1-4 here in a second. Uh, so on a uh, two seed, we're gonna do the Green Mile. The lives of guards on death row are affected by one of their charges: a black man accused of child murder and rape, yet who has a mysterious gift. And they are going to face off against the Lawnmower Man. A simple man is turned into a genius through the application of computer science. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do my vote right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and say I didn't see The Green Mile. Uh, I, I, it's a Tom Hanks movie. I think it was actually filmed kind of in the Tennessee area, which is one of the podcasts. Yeah, from. one of the prisons uh, that was used in parts of the film. I think this is also true for Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Is a prison that's out in West Nashville. Like you, oh, can, okay. you can, I don't, you can't go into it, but you can see it. It's okay, a hundred year old prison. Yeah. Uh, the Lawnmower Man I threw out there because it was one of those movies I saw as a kid that I thought was just, I don't know, kind of an interesting idea. Uh, it had a lot of cool, you know, uh, visual effects. It was trying to, I think, uh, leapfrog from the whole virtual, virtual reality fad that I think that was popular around the time it came out, which was the early 90s. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, who went on to be, you know, James Bond, and Jeff Fahey was just such a, a, a you know, weird character, and he continues to be a weird character. Um, but I'll be honest with you, Lawnmower Man, uh, I don't think got very good ratings at all, and I think The Green Mile was, was it nominated for an Oscar, Santa, that you recall? I think it might have been. If it, it had Tom Hanks, you know, it had yeah. a chance to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like you, Cameron, even though I saw Lone and Mower Man, I'm going to go with what the what the trend is, and I'll go ahead and choose Green Mile. Uh, Nicole, what do you want to go with? Well, I'm going to pick the Green Mile. Have you read either of these books? I haven't read either of these books, but I have seen the Green Mile. Uh-huh. Um, and for me, that's always been a movie that's really stuck out to me. The one scene where they execute that one guy and the guy doesn't wet the sponge. And then, Ooh, that so fucking scene haunted me. It haunted yeah. me. I was probably, I think, like... We saw it pretty soon after it came out, so it must have been like 11 or 12. From 99. Yeah. So about, you know, just before I was a teenager, and I remember seeing that, and I was just like... 
struck by by how horrible some people could be. So it's been it was a really memorable movie for me. So I'm definitely gonna pick the Green Mile. All right. Nobody sweeping this time. Santa, what do you got? Green Mile. I mean, that's the Lawnmower Man. I vaguely remember it, but I it wasn't like anything spectacular. Uh, what was the guy Supernatural's powers? In Lawnmower Man? No, in, in, in the Green, Green Mile. Mile. He could heal. Yeah. Oh, he's a healer. He's a yeah. healer. Did he commit the crime? No. Okay. Yeah. Did um, we find out who they were, Cameron? Who committed the crime? Yeah, I mean, so the plot of the movie is this guy's arrested. He gets set to death row. Um, well, he was he was caught with the body. He, he was, was trying to heal the, the bodies body. of two dead ah, twins. He was trying to heal the body. Yeah, okay. and because um, he found them murdered and was yeah. trying to heal them, and he was just screaming, crying, trying to heal them, but it was too late. Gotcha. So they pin him as the murderer because it's like the 1920s, and he's yeah. a huge black guy, uh, and it's like open Judge Case Johnson. Um, but what he what we discover is that. Uh, Sam Rockwell, who's also on death row already for another crime, is actually the person who killed those girls, too. Ah. And so, how all that unfolds, you know, that's the whole plot of the movie. But yeah, he doesn't kill them. Um, And since since I guess I'm talking now, I I will also vote for Green Mile. But I saw Lawnmower Man a lot as a kid, and... um, I think that's a that's an it's one of those things where I bet the if if I was judging the two books it might be a different story because it's a really cool concept um, and yeah I think it was very much a, a movie that was made when you know computers were just becoming popular and the internet was like in its just absolute infancy and so all these ideas were like out there as far as like well what if blah 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 computers and now this mentally disabled person is a genius you know mm-hmm. and it's like so many premises like that where like if you actually pay attention there's nothing that explains what this computer is doing mm-hmm. to make it happen but um but the yeah Green Mile mean, advances for you for for sure I mean it's it's if not an Oscar nominated movie it certainly could have been it's like an, one of the best Stephen King movies mm-hmm. ever brought to film and Lawnmower Man's cheesy yeah totally agree <laughs> So, Green Mile advances so far, man. Uh, consensus, but we'll, mm-hmm. it might get a little bit rougher. As It'll get harder when we put some of these up yeah. against each So, uh, to finish out the Northeast bracket, we're going to have our one seed, Carrie. Uh, Carrie is a shy, friendly, friendless teenage girl who's sheltered by her domineering religious mother, uh, Dirty Pillows, and unleashes her, unleashes her telekinetic powers after being humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. And that is going to be matched up against number four, which I just honestly threw out here just because I think it's a crazy, awesome concept. A nerdish boy buys a strange car with an evil sm- evil mind of its own, and his nature starts to change to reflect it. This is the movie Christine. Hmm. So. Um, I have seen neither of these movies. Ooh, and really? Yeah, I haven't seen Carrie, which I know I should. And that's like the book and the movie that made Stephen King famous. I think it was his first book. That was his first novel. First novel. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely one of his first movies that came out. Yeah, I think it was the very first Stephen King adaptation. Uh, so I, I won't vote because I really know literally nothing about either of them. Wow, staying. Yeah. Brave person. Nicole, you want to take a shot? I will, I will pick Carrie because I think it's what put him on the map. Um, and one of the things I think of when I think of Stephen King is Carrie. 
it's absolutely it's very iconic so I'll and they already that. tried to remake that one they actually they did. did yeah i don't think they tried they well they did <laughs> yeah the success of their effort i guess is really more what's up for debate mm-hmm. christine i i I I only seen a little bit of it. Uh, I'm a bit of a John Carpenter fan, and he was the director of that. Uh, I I like the idea of something that is, you know, basically an inanimate object having you know a personality and behavior, and just the the oddness of that. It was it's almost almost kind of like what if in Transformers Sam Witwicky didn't get Bumblebee, he got a Decepticon as his, as his, you know, bad Transformer car. Um, but Carrie is a classic through and through, so I too will pick Carrie. Uh, Santa, do you want to, do you want to no. jump in or? No, the only thing I will, I will say is like, uh, about that, talking about inanimate objects, the maximum overdrive is not on this list, but that's, I gave you the shot <laughs> no, I, beforehand. No, but, I but said Christine and Maximum Overdrive, like similar kind yes. of concept. Uh, and uh, cars come alive. Car, to kill yeah. people. There, there's there's another there's a short story about a, a car at a an abandoned rest stop that like eats people. Hmm. I listened to that as an audiobook while driving to work. <laughs> made me freak out about my car when I was driving. Mm-hmm. But Carrie, you know, definitely is a is the right choice. Yeah. All right, so cool. Uh, so uh, we have The Shining, Stand By Me, Green Mile, and Carry All Advance. Uh, we'll, I guess, move to, um, uh, let's call this the Midwest bracket as, as we chime on through. So this is maybe an unfortunate seating, but it is the way it is. Uh, it, uh, number one seed coming out of the Midwest bracket. We've obviously been talking about that for a, a bit in this podcast. Um, I don't want to go ahead and summarize that. I'll go ahead and move to the number four seed that it's facing off against Pet Cemetery. Behind a young family's home in Maine, strangely enough. It's so weird that so many of this is happening in Maine. Doesn't he sell a lot of his books in Maine? That's where he I, lives. Yeah, 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 I was being a little bit Oh, weird. sorry. I, didn't, yeah. I genuinely didn't know. <laughs> it's true. Uh, behind a young family's home in Maine is a terrible secret that holds the power of life after death. When tragedy strikes, the threat of that power soon becomes undeniable. Uh, Santa, go ahead and take your best swing at it versus Pet Cemetery. It, it. Yeah. I mean, do you want to comment? Pet Cemetery just sounds like it's a it's it's a easy premise to do, but it's kind of dumb to me to think that pets you know come back to life and then just be evil. You know, it's like well, why can't they come back to life and be what they were before? You know, good. That's that would be cat. really great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, for one, would like all of our pets to come back to life and be the same person or animal that they were. I mean, to quote Game of Thrones, uh, you know, what you, you don't, you have to give something up to come back to life. So it seems like what those pets are giving up is only death can bring life. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, no, actually, like when Beric Dondarrion's talking about being resurrected, he's like, I lose something every time. And he like talks about forgetting his family. Uh, what, did, what, did, what did Jon Snow give up? Uh. I don't know. Someone was rooting to me. Someone was rooting Something like that. So, are you? Is that a, a um, vote for it for you, Cameron? Uh, it's. I would vote for it. So I've seen um, the beginning of Pet Cemetery, and also the South Park parody of Pet Cemetery. Oh. Uh, they pair. They send it up in one episode, and um, so, so just Simpsons also did it. 
I'm sure did they? I'm sure. <laughs> no, like well, a, of course uh, they did with yeah, uh, Snowball. Or, 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 Treehouse of Horrors. Stuff, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so but comparing the 1990 It and Pet Cemetery movie, um, one thing that I did not like about the Pet Cemetery movie is like, so the kids son runs out into the street and gets run over a it's it's it, it stretches plausibility that somebody's gonna you know let their little boy like just run you know out into the street and get run over by a semi truck and you're like that's as a as a father of a young child that seems like a one of the more avoidable ways that your child is going to get hurt but then like i mean it happened bad shit happens it's an accident and in the movie he's like at the funeral and like his wife's relatives are just standing up at the funeral, be like, "This is your fault. You're such a bad." And it's like nobody fucking acts like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're yeah. trying to build the mental baggage for this guy to justify why he is going to go do this thing that he knows he shouldn't do, which is trying to resurrect his dead kid. But like, why? I don't. Know. It just I it, yeah. I don't know. The whole premise was just like no, no. Nobody would make any of these choices. <laughs> None of this, n- nothing in this book would ever happen, even if supernatural things were possible. You know? mm-hmm. So well, Pet Cemetery was really scary. I remember watching that as yeah. a kid. It was really unsettling, especially because I'm a I'm a pet person, mm-hmm. and I think kind of like Cameron, or excuse me, Santa said, I I, I don't really want to think about it like that with pets dying. It's just makes me uncomfortable. So I I also want to go with it. Nicole, I mean... Definitely going it. it. I'm a big softie when it comes to animals. I will not see Pet Cemetery. It doesn't have, like, cats dying in it. Did you read the book? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've well, seen I the, guess you... you I've didn't. seen He the resurrects cover. a cat. The cat dies of natural causes, I think. Mm-hmm. And he resurrects a cat, and the cat's an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is to say, nothing really changed with the cat. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I didn't understand what the movie was about. I didn't put it on this <laughs> list, but there's the cat's eye, uh-huh. which I also remember seeing, and that cat was an so. Clearly, Stephen King is a dog person. Well, I, I, I just think it's, he just understands that cats can be assholes. Sometimes. Yeah. He's worth following on Facebook just to see his corgi pictures. Okay. Mm. And his Trump tweets, but we won't go there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, moving on, uh, we have the 2 3 bracket in the Midwest. Uh, the two seed, uh, The Dark Tower, just came out not that many months ago. Uh, the last gunslinger uh, has been locked in an eternal battle uh, with Walter O'Dim, also known as the Man in Black. Sounds like Lost. Uh, determined to pre- prevent him from toppling the Dark Tower, which holds the universe together. And uh, the Dark Tower will be facing off Firestarter, a couple who participated in a potent medical experiment, gained telekinetic ability, and then have a child who is a pyrokinetic. Uh... Nicole, we'll start with you. Man, I'm so disappointed that the Dark Tower movie really doesn't yeah. seem to be that great. So I do but like. You haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I do like the Dark Tower series, but I don't know much about Firestarter. Drew um, Barrymore. Drew Barrymore can start fires with her mind. We, I believe that is the entire is movie. This, and has Dorsey Scott as the evil scientist. Is this a Stephen King bracket or a Stephen King adaptation bracket? It's yes. You, however you want yes. to turn it over. Right. Yeah. I'm going Dark Tower then. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I like I said, if if you want the book to more heavily influence mm-hmm. than the movie, that's perfectly fine. So, uh, I am going to not choose the Dark Tower. Ooh. I am going to choose uh, Firestarter. 
just because I remember seeing that as a kid, and I remember Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore from uh, E.T., and I thought she was really, really good in the movie. It was really, really scary. When I think about a movie, or not movie, television series like Stranger Things, when you have Eleven and the evil scientist and locking them up in a white room, I, I feel like that inspiration came from the movie Firestarter. And I just thought it was really intense, really scary. Um, uh, just if a child decided just to start fires and just kill everybody, she could. And I think Drew Barrymore did an excellent job. She probably was, what, like eight or something in this movie? Really, really loved it. It came out in 84. She was two years older than when she was in E.T. So. Yeah, I mean, I we can look up how, how old Drew Barrymore is mm-hmm. real quick, I guess. It's probably like seven or eight. That's we, right. we want to take, take a guess what year she was born. Uh, 75. Yes, very good. You're watching on the computer. And no, I just <laughs> Oh, no, really? Okay, good for you. Okay, so that would mean she's 42. Okay. So, but in 84, she would have been like nine years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, one vote for Dark Tower, one vote for Firestarter, Cameron, or no, Santa. Santa wants to go, he says. Yeah. Firestarter, I've seen. Dark Tower, I have not. I've not read any of those books. So, I guess Firestarter. All right. That seems yeah. easy. I haven't seen either of them, so I feel like I should abstain, but I'm not sure if I should since we... You know, do, do, you, do you want to pick... Well, I don't it's, know if Tyler's seen either one of these. It's two one right now, so I mean. Yeah, um, since you know, I mean, I haven't. I was. I really wanted to see the new Dark Tower, but after the reviews, I'm gonna wait till it comes out on video. So I guess I'll abstain slash vote for Firestarter just because right. you know why not. Sorry, Nicole. Yeah. Sorry, Dark Tower. Yeah. Well, I, I have comments about stuff like the Dark Tower that I'll, I'll get to later, but. Well, actually, maybe I'll get to it now. So we'll move on to uh, the next uh, bracket. So this wasn't, I don't think, a movie that came out. I think this was a TV adaptation, which was The Stand. Uh, After a deadly deadly plague kills most of the world's population, the remaining survivors split into two groups, one led by a benevolent elder and the other by a maleficent being. To face each other in a final battle between good and evil. And, uh, oh, well, I'm sorry. This is the new bracket, too. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is the, the West bracket. So that's the stand. Um, we're going to give it a four seed. And it's going to face up against the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, God. Which is about the guy that was, the accountant that was, uh, you know, charged with the crime he didn't commit. And he breaks out of prison. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and have to say it's Shawshank Redemption no matter what. It's a classic movie. Every time it's on uh, TNT or whatever network it might be on, you have to watch it. Morgan Freeman's great. Um, Tim Robbins. Yeah, he's great. It's just a great, great movie. Um, the, The Stand, I think, also kind of blends into what I don't like about The Dark Tower, where it's this a little bit this you know, you know, fantasy element to it that I just don't really like. That's just me. I like fantasy, but I don't like Stephen King's fantasy. So I'm gonna go with Shawshank Redemption. Cameron, you want to throw your two cents? Well, I, I feel like it's almost not fair because you've got a movie that was nominated for multiple Oscars going up against a USA made-for-TV movie, uh, and so obviously, so just everything about the movie, uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption is just 
better on any way you could critique it. It's got better actors, better acting, better writing, you know. Um, so, uh, Shawshank definitely wins, but I do just want to say that I think The Stand is an awesome story and I thought that like I, I watched the shit out of that when it came out on TV and thought it was like really interesting and cool um, but at the end of the day you know how can you say that it's better than Shawshank Redemption totally you can't Santa uh, I mean you guys all said it I mean Shawshank definitely Shawshank I'm gonna go with the stand wow so you, you, you're you standing the with the stand the stand the stand who is also known as the man in black uh randall flag that's his first appearance he appears in the dark tower and i think maybe a couple other stephen king things so so randall flag is the main bad guy in the stand mm-hmm. he's not the man in black in the dark tower is he yeah he, oh, is. he is okay mm-hmm. skin 1063 also or 11 6 Oh, is he? 11 22 63? Yeah. He might be. So he's, so he's he, got a different name in the Dark Tower? or he, He's known as the, the Man in Black or Walter. Uh-huh. Um, but he embodies different yeah, evil characters like and an, different stories. He's like an ageless evil presence that goes and does... Is he also it? No. Okay. I don't think so. It's like... It's an alien. They say yeah. some weird stuff about like an asteroid and other alternate universes. Ritual Chad. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was something that was left out of the movies, uh, or at least out of the old movie. Mm-hmm. So I will go with the and stand. And the turtle god. I also like a good old-fashioned pandemic story. I think those are really scary. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so Shawshank advances, and we'll go into the final bracket of the last. Uh, we're going to do number two C, Misery. After a famous author was rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realize that the care he's receiving is only the beginning of a nightmare. And uh, Misery will face off against number three seed, The Running Man. A wrongly convicted man must try to survive a public execution gauntlet stage as a game show starring Arnold. Uh, Santa, you want to take a guess? This is probably the hardest one because, I mean, I, I, I know Running Man, the movie, was not like well received but it's almost become like kind of a cult classic in a way like you go back if it's on you kind of watch it and the premise says like it's 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 almost relevant to today uh just the the game show atmosphere that that we live in now and Mm -hmm. uh you know with our current president and stuff and where people's lives are at stake Mm -hmm. you know and so and uh, like you know like hunter games the battle of the death and that sort of thing but but misery such you know so uh, it's it's not the typical horror story, but just the you know just the it's a psych- psychological horror story, just that yeah. torture porn, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Kathy Bates, I think she won an Oscar for this she, movie. She did. So, so you got misery. I'm going misery. Uh, I I I could say the same thing that you did. Uh, <laughs> Running Man's great, but I have to go with misery, Nicole. Uh, I would pick Misery. Misery. For Kathy Bates, I just remember her. She was great. I mean, this was her breakout film. Mm-hmm. Oh, quick thing about uh, Running Man. Running Man takes place in 2017. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, I've, I haven't seen either of these movies, but I'll, I'll vote for Misery because I'm aware of... I'm aware of the movie and I've seen scenes from it, um, but I haven't, like, seen the whole thing. And, yeah, like... 
Running Man I want to see because it, I think it is a, at this point sort of a cult classic and it has ideas that people refer to a lot and it's one of those things where even if the movie itself isn't that good there are concepts in it that have like had had more impact on our society than the movie itself so i really want to see running man we can podcast it yeah we we should we We might might that would be great considering it also came out in 2017 so um but i'm like afraid to see misery misery is one of those movies where like uh, that kind of character like freaks me out so much, and I, like I would watch it for sure. But like, you're not that famous yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, <laughs> no. But just like the like, because that's one of those things again where it's like completely believable. Like, if if somebody kidnaps you and you know drugs you and ties you up, it doesn't matter if you're stronger than that person. It doesn't matter, you know, a lot of things like. You pretty much are at their mercy, mercy. Yeah. Yep. Or misery. Yeah. So misery advances, and that brings up the first round. So let's continue with uh, the face-off in the southeast region. Uh, the Shining advance to face off against Stand by Me. Nicole, this is a tough one. These are going to get tougher as we come along, so do you want to take your your best guess? It's tough, but I have a a solid choice here. I'm going to pick The Shining just because um, I think it's one of his best works, and it's one of my favorite books. There you go, The Shining. Cameron? Uh, I'll also pick The Shining. I mean, A, I haven't seen Stand By Me, so it's a little bit unfair, but um, I mean, yeah, The Shining, you know, Anything Stanley Kubrick does is pretty much amazing. It's a great story and also apparently one of Stephen King's most well-regarded books. So it's pretty much, you know, un- almost unbeatable. Santa? Stand by me. Stand by me. Uh-oh. Wow. Okay. It, it just resonated with me more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you find a dead body? <laughs> Maybe. Your relationship isn't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, only later. Um... So, I will say, five years ago, I would have chosen Stand By Me. I, I still think it's a, a, a great uh, great movie. Uh, I did read the novella of The Body, and I thought it was just something truly unique that he came up with. At the same time, The Shining is just amazing. I, I rewatched it recently after, I think I said earlier, I was able to stay at the Stanley, and... Uh, watched a couple of documentaries and I actually saw a couple of other movies recently that kind of had some inspiration from The Shining and it's just it's just one that's truly just you know makes you uncomfortable freaky um, really scary in an unexpected kind of way movie so as much as I do love Stand By Me I'm going to have to have The Shining advance so The Shining moves on uh, in the northeast bracket the Green Mile and Carrie, Santa, since you chose Stand By Me, we'll let you go first. So we're going to go with the Green Mile. Green Mile, yeah. even, all right. Even though the Green Mile is pretty long, but I think it, uh, it's a good length. Uh, the Green Mile is about 5,080 feet. So. Seems, it seems like more than a mile. I mean, yeah. It's like it, it, it'd take you three hours to walk that mile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cameron? Um, I'll go with the Green Mile. I mean, Carrie is like, uh, you know, people think talk a lot there's a lot of praise for Carrie but at the end of the day it's kind of a simple movie you know quiet girl is bullied to excess you know 
goes crazy and unleashes her psycho, uh, psychic powers on the people who bullied her. Whereas, like, the Green Mile, there's a lot... There's a lot more going on there in terms of character development and, um, you know, what's happening with these people and, and the plot of the movie. Like, I just, I just think there's more depth to that movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Nicole? I will go with The Green Mile. Oh, man. I'm surprised. Okay. Like, The Green Mile, I still, every now and then, I'll still, like, think about it. Like, really, really affected me when I was a kid, so... Okay, well, I mean, I, I was getting ready to call, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> no. Tyler on the hotline because I thought this would be a tie. I'm going to go with Carrie just because I think Carrie is just an awesome horror movie. It's really, really good. Um, if you're ever bullied in school, which I think that's a lot of yeah. themes that, that Seaming has, I mean, it's just freaking unbelievable story, but... You guys bullied your way in to have the green mile, so that's fine. Alright, so we're going to switch over to the Midwest bracket. It versus Firestarter. It. It. Goes Nicole. It. 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 I'll say it also. Yeah, as much as I love Firestarter, I have to go with it. It's just, it's awesome. (laughs) Alright, and in the West bracket, uh, man, another tough matchup. The Shawshank Redemption versus Missouri. I feel like this is almost like Stand By Me and The Shining, where you kind of have, and The Green Mile and, and Carrie, where, where one sort of kind of a real thriller and the other one's not. But Cameron, do you have a, a thought? Shawshank or Misery? Well, I feel like it's unfair that I'm voting, but I am going to vote. But I haven't seen Misery, so I can't really appreciate that movie. Um, I, I would, I'm going to vote for Shawshank, though, just because, like, that's just a really awesome movie, you know. There's, like, things that are set up in the beginning of the movie that have, like, payoff way later, like, you know, with the, the Bible, you know, your, your salvation lies within, and, like, all kinds of stuff that happens in that movie. I just think it's a great, great movie. Okay. So, one bank, one vote for Shawshank. Uh, Nicole? I'm going to go with Misery. Um, I think it's a good movie, and I think uh, Stephen King also put a lot of himself into that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about, I mean, he, he does this a lot of times with his books, mm-hmm. is is that there's a character that's usually a writer, and it's supposed writer, to be, like, Maine, you know. or Florida, and he has a second house in Florida. Oh, does he? <laughs> oh, okay. Alright, so that was the also other tie-in, so, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Santa? Misery. Misery? Because the movie and the book are good. The Shawshank as a story, I mean, it was kind of limited. It was a short story, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah, actually in the same uh, set of books as uh, the, body, the Body, Stand By Me. The movie is is really good, uh, but not because of Stephen King's. Yeah, attitude. it was like a good jumping off. I mean, who directed that? Do you know? Yeah, it's like a good jumping off point. You know, yeah. like they took the seed of a of, of a great idea and just made it a lot more. So I I really really do love Misery, and I read that as well as I did Shawshank, uh, but in the effort to kind of throw a little mix in here, I'll, I'll go Shawshank. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I, I love both movies, but I am going to throw it to the one that I'm more likely to see if it's on, and so that brings us to a uh, Tyler Breaker uh, tie, and she has chosen Shawshank. Oh. So Shawshank advances. Has she seen both movies? 
I think so, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, we Frank, went through the list, and Frank I believe Misery was one of hers. And I think Misery was one of the ones where, when I messaged, she goes, yes, and like, hides her head down or something, which yeah. either means she didn't like it or really, really or, scared. Or, yeah, scared the shit out of her. Frank Darbot's more of a, he's more known as like a, a show creator, producer. He did The uh, Walking Dead and, and stuff like oh. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clearly a good director, too. All right, so we're in the final four. Um, the Southeast and Northeast bracket face-off. The Shining versus the Green Mile. Santa, Oof. you're up. I guess here would be... I know I'm going Green Mile a lot, but The Shining, between those two things, The Shining. Shining? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cameron? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is know, a tough bracket for Yeah, me. that's hard. Um, you know, I have talked a lot about The Shining and how like great a director Stanley Kubrick is and how amazing he is, but um, The Green Mile, like... The Shining, at the end of the day, is like a scary movie about a dad who goes crazy because the devil made him do it. Um, and I, The Green Mile is just like a more novel premise, so I'm going to go with The Green Mile. Um, like Nicole said earlier, that one scene where they electrocuted the guy improperly, just, man, that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really appreciated about uh, the direction of that movie, I guess is where you credit this, is... Immediately after that scene is the only scene slash line in the movie that made me like laugh out loud. Which one was that? So I saw it in the theater, and this guy gets electrocuted. It's just like bone chilling what happens. And then in the next scene, the prison warden comes in to be like, you know, what happened? And he walks in, and he's like, what in the blue fuck was that? And the whole audience just like erupted in laughter because like after that moment, you know, after that moment, you know people needed like a moment of release and it was just like right there you know mm-hmm. I don't, so i just thought that was like a great scene great you know you know great composition of scenes put together and stuff mm-hmm. uh I, i'm as much as i enjoy the green mile i have to go with the shining just because of all the reasons i said yeah. before so nicole it's the are we going um, to tiebreaker or what are you doing we're going a tiebreaker oh, boy. I, I am going to pick the green mile um for for me, uh, I do I do really like The Shining. I really do. But the the Green Mile, I think, was such a an interesting concept that played on. Uh, it was a lot of a lot of different kinds of concepts. Like it was kind of political, and it was kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, they dealt with like racial issues at the time. Mm-hmm. There's interesting tidbits about like the whole reason why Tom Hanks's character is in medical distress is because antibiotics hadn't been invented yet, which I just thought was an interesting little mm-hmm. part of, you know, history inserted in there. You know? I think Stephen King also doesn't, he doesn't really like The Shining as a movie, right? Oh, I have no like idea. He, he hates it. How is oh, really? it different than the book? He hates what they did to the, to the, the Johnny's wife. Oh, really? She's just a screaming idiot in the movie? Yeah, and in the book, she, you know, she takes care of her kids, she keeps them alive, she keeps them going, and Hmm. isn't, isn't the, the, the Shining, his little break from everything, supposed to be, like, part of his struggle with drugs or something, because he had a lot of trouble with that? Um, I don't know if it was that one or another one, that, but yeah, he... Mm, I thought it was one of those fantasy books, like Needful Things or something. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's elements of fantasy. I don't know. I just I just really like the Green Mile. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's the more powerful of the two. I guess is the best way to put it. I feel it. like there's no lesson in The Shining. There's kind of a lesson. in yeah. The Green Mile. You know. 
it's just the Green Mile is just a really really powerful story. So we have another tie. Uh, I did pull Tyler, but she feels that we're going to make it seem like we're just making up what she's saying. So uh, we're going to try to call her, and it's going to be a you know producing live experiment, and see how well that works out. Yeah, we're doing the speakerphone. Okay, so Tyler, uh, we we have a tie, and uh, since you suggested that you think that we're making this up, uh, <laughs> this is uh, producing on the fly here. The Shining versus the Green Mile. Speak loudly because we need you in the mic. I pick the Shining because it's a classic. Okay. Boom. Picks the Shining. Done. That's all it said. Well, Bye. thank you, Tyler. Until next time. All right. Bye bye. All right, so The Shining advances, <clears throat> thanks so, to the Tyler uh, tiebreaker. The tiebreaker. The All right, so we have our finalists in that side of the bracket. So, other side of the bracket, It and Shawshank Redemption. Nicole, go it. for it. It. I also will go It, as much as I love Shawshank. It's just, for me, the best when it comes to Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Santa or or Cam, you're ready. Um, that's really that's actually tougher for me because like it's they're so different, um, and it's hard it's hard to vote against it because Tim Curry is just like incredible in that role, and uh, probably without him, nobody would care about that movie. I, I think maybe I mean, maybe or they the book. maybe they could have gotten a, an equally good actor, but he just like just completely knocked that role out of the park. Um, that being said, I think I'm going to have to go with Shawshank. I just, you know, it, I, part, part of it is that it's a TV movie going up against, you know, a, you know, major Hollywood production. Um, part of it's, you know, the caliber of actors in the film. You know, like I said, the child actors in it are great. The adult actors in it are not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know... You're putting them up against Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins, and it's just it's hard to hard to vote for it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Shawshank. All right, Santa. This was tough. Just I mean, it's kind of fresh on the mind because that's the last thing we've seen, and mm-hmm. and Shawshank I mean, like really good movie. Uh, just just like when it was, when the the Mercury Boat was like a you know, the the story it's adapted from you know doesn't hold up to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Shawshank. I would probably go it. It. All right. So it advances to the finals, and this is a dream matchup: a one seed <laughs> versus a one seed, The Shining versus The Edge. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, it's The Shining is just. I mean, think about how many great pop culture moments to come from that movie. There's just tons of them. Uh, Jack Nicholson in the movie was fantastic. Uh, so many crazy elements to it. But it has this extra layer which is just, I think, more representative of everything that's awesome about Stephen King. Um, yeah, it has that little alien element to the book to it, but there are people that say the book's better than the movie. So, 
This is a tough one, but I'm going to go ahead and go with it. Uh, Santa, what do you think? I think I'm going to go with... Uh, it as well. It? 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 Alright. Yeah, over The Shining. Uh, the Shining is really good, it, it, but it, you know, as mentioned, it's a classic. It's but it's just like fresh on the mind, I guess. That, I mean, that. Uh, Cameron? Uh, I'll go with The Shining. Uh, I think they're both really good. Um, uh, I think, um, you know, what it gave us was a healthy fear of clowns. And uh, The Shining, you know, gave us, you know, the, those, the pop culture references. Like everything related to Jack Nicholson's character is basically a pop culture reference. Also, those creepy twin girls, like, I, I just, I just think, um, it's just like a high quality movie, top to bottom. All right, Nicole, it's up to you. All right, so for me, uh, this is a great one because I've read both of these books, and I'm ultimately going to pick which of the books I liked better, which is definitely The Shining. Wow. Okay. All right. So we have a tiebreaker for the final. But the, go ahead. the Shining is a, I think it's like a tighter novel. Like it's is it better. A shorter novel? It's shorter. <laughs> it's better paced. It's more. It doesn't get off into these weird child sex and alien tangents. So yes, I will go with The Shining. All right. So we have to call in Tyler for. For the Tyler Breaker. The Tyler Breaker. So let's get her up. She needs she needs some walk up music. <laughs> Alright, Tyler, so we're this is the finals. Uh, so we have the shining versus it. You are the decider. No pressure. <laughs> um considering that it traumatized me as a child, I'm gonna go shine. Ooh. That's right. All right. Any any particular reason why, other than just the kid factor, or or, or just that it scared you? Well, I mean, I just think that The Shining's a much better movie, and when you're relying on scary clowns to be like the whole point of your film, I, I just think The Shining is much much better in terms of like a quality movie. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, thank you, Tyler. All right, so that concludes the Stephen King bracket. It unfortunately just gets second place to all this, so The Shining wins the challenge. Uh, any you know honorable mentions? Anybody wants to throw out there? Uh, the last. This isn't a movie. I think it'd make a really interesting movie. But I just finished reading Stephen King's rather newish book revival and it did keep me up for a couple of nights because the ending just kind of really freaked me out hmm. fair enough anyone else oh I, I think we've tapped my stephen king knowledge yeah they <laughs> love 2263 what's that about it's it's james franco he's uh he goes back in time and his main goal is to uh, prevent JFK's assassination. Because eleven twenty two sixty three is when yeah. he was assassinated. Mm. My honorable mention goes out to uh, Silver Bullet, just simply because the idea of uh, Corey Haim and Gary Busey in the movie makes me chuckle. <laughs> so, 
Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it because it's really bad and it has a werewolf. So, all right. Well, uh, that concludes the bracket challenge. We usually do a good movie review or rating of what we thought of it. Not all of us all saw it, but let's take it for what it's worth. Uh, on a scale of whatever, Cameron, uh, what do you give it the 1990 version? Uh, I give it the 1990 version um, three bananas out of five. Okay. Uh, I thought it was a good movie, largely driven by how awesome Tim Curry was uh, and an interesting story. You know, certainly room for improvements, but uh, solid movie. Glad I watched it. It was worth the three dollars I spent running it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa on the 2017 version. Yeah, I think a 3.5 out of out of five. There, there's mostly like time issues and technical things, but uh, overall, it's, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Mm -hmm. Nicole, give it maybe like just under 3.5, maybe like a 3.3. .3. Um, I think the the real rating is going to be contingent upon how they do chapter two. Mm -hmm. And on the book, what do you think? Uh, a book, I'll give it three. Oh, okay. Uh, on the uh, Tim Curry version, I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Oh. I just think it's one of the best things I've ever seen as far as a made-for-TV movie. And it got me really into it, really pumped for the uh, new version. But the new version, I'm going to have to give it a three. Um, I think it has some, some po uh, possibility for some better uh, rating in the second part. Um, I feel like they kind of held back. Um, so hopefully, maybe after it all comes together, I'll give it a higher rating. But for right now, uh, the new version I'm going to have to give just basically a three. So, all right. Uh, any thoughts about next podcast? Any new movies we're wanting to check out here pretty soon? Um, we're about to hit the the Thanksgiving time frame movie deluge with uh, me the, the Halloween stuff oh yeah ha Halloween's first yeah um cause I know you know we're all excited about um the Thor movie and Blade Runner I'm not sure what other things we have to look forward to uh, Blade Runner comes out next month right or is that December I it's November I think November. Blade Runner comes out in uh, Kingsman comes out at the end of this month. So mm -hmm. Blade, Runner, Blade Runner is October 6th. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. I'm hearing some exciting things for the Kingsman, so that may have to be our next one. Uh, it's interesting because the first Kingsman, I remember coming out, and it didn't really make much of a splash, and but there, it seems like there's way more buzz around the second one. It, it was kind of like a surprise hit in a way, mm -hmm. uh, but mostly a bit after its uh, theatrical release. Mm. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, I'm not so much in the horror movie stuff coming out, but I am interested in Stranger Things when it comes out. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, uh, maybe we'll cover the new Kingsman in the next podcast. But uh, until then, thanks for everybody for listening to us today. Uh, go see it. It's definitely worthwhile. And we will catch you all next time. Thanks, everybody.